If you are trivial, I cannot blame you. The days of the great cases are past. Man, or at least criminal man, has lost all enterprise and originality. As to my own little practice, it seems to be degenerating into an agency for recovering lost lead pencils and giving advice to young ladies from boarding schools. <sighs> I think that I have touched bottom at last, however. This note I had this morning marks my zero point, I fancy. Read it. He tossed a crumpled letter across to me. It was dated from Montague Place upon the preceding evening and ran thus. Dear Mr. Holmes, I am very anxious to consult you as to whether I should or should not accept a situation which has been offered to me as governess. I shall call at half-past ten tomorrow if I do not inconvenience you. Yours faithfully, Violet Hunter. Do you know the young lady? I asked. Not I. Well, it is half-past ten now. Yes, and I have no doubt that is her ring. It may turn out to be of more interest than you think. You remember that the affair of the blue carbuncle, which appeared to be a mere whim at first, developed into a serious investigation. It may be so in this case also. Well, let us hope so. But our doubts will very soon be solved, for here, unless I am much mistaken, is the person in question. As he spoke, the door opened, and a young lady entered the room. She was plainly but neatly dressed, with a bright, quick face, freckled like a plumber's egg, and with a brisk manner of a woman who has had her own way to make in the world. "'You would excuse my troubling you, I am sure,' said she, as my companion rose to greet her. "'But I have had a very strange experience, and as I have no parents or relations of any sort from whom I could ask advice, I thought that perhaps you would be kind enough to tell me what I should do. Pray take a seat, Miss Hunter. I shall be happy to do anything that I can to serve you. I could see that Holmes was favorably impressed by the manner and speech of his new client. He looked her over in his searching fashion, and then composed himself with his lids drooping and his fingertips together to listen to her story. I have been a governess for five years, said she in the family of Colonel Spence Munro. But two months ago the Colonel received an appointment at Halifax in Nova Scotia, and took his children over to America with him so that I found myself without a situation. I advertised, and I answered advertisements, but without success. At last the little money which I had saved began to run short, and I was at my wit's end as to what I should do. There is a well-known agency for governesses in the West End called Westerways, and there I used to call about once a week, in order to see whether anything had turned up which might suit me. Westerway was the name of the founder of the business, but it is really managed by Miss Stoper. She sits in her own little office, and the ladies who are seeking employment wait in the anteroom and are then shown in one by one, when she consults her ledgers and sees whether she has anything which would suit them. Well, when I called last week, I was shown into the little office as usual but I found that Miss Stoper was not alone. A prodigiously stout man with a very smiling face and a great heavy chin, which rolled down in fold upon fold over his throat, sat at her elbow with a pair of glasses on his nose, looking very earnestly at the ladies who entered. As I came in, he gave quite a jump in his chair and turned quickly to Miss Stoper. "'That will do,' said he. "'I could not ask for anything better. Capital, capital!' He seemed quite enthusiastic, and rubbed his hands together in the most genial fashion. 
He was such a comfortable-looking man that it was quite a pleasure to look at him. "'You are looking for a situation, miss?' he asked. "'Yes, sir. As governess?' "'Yes, sir. And what salary do you ask?' I had four pounds a month in my last place with Colonel Spence Munro. Oh, tut, tut, sweating, rank sweating, he cried, throwing his fat hands out into the air like a man who is in a boiling passion. How could anyone offer so pitiful a sum to a lady with such attractions and accomplishments? My accomplishments, sir, may be less than you imagine, said I. A little French, a little German, music and drawing. Tut, tut, he cried. "'This is all quite beside the question. "'The point is, have you or, or have you not "'the bearing and deportment of a lady? "'There it is in a nutshell. "'If you have not, you are not fitted for the rearing of a child "'who may some day play a considerable part in the history of the country. <laughs> "'If you have, why then?'